The key question raised within Geomedia Studies is that of the home and what we mean by this in the diverse context in which it is deployed. Home is often a slippery concept that is used in a way that suggests its meaning is self-evident, yet operates through a range of assumed values and understandings. The home is also a space where the ideas of gender are played out and issues of responsibility and work affected. So the idea of the domestic and domestication also need further interrogation. In another context, we are all aware of the impact of homelessness on society and what this does to ideas we have of security, insecurity and indeed survival. Hello and welcome to the Geomedia podcast. I am John Lynch, Associate Professor in Film and Media at Karlstad University in Sweden. Today on the podcast, myself and Professor Mekanen Tesfahuni of the Geomedia Research Group talk with Maren Hartmann. Professor of Communication and Media Sociology at the University of the Arts in Berlin about these issues. So, uh, welcome, Mara. Um, <clears throat> in this conversation, the way I see it, uh, I would like you to start off by talking about these four themes are key items that have interested you in your research or your research has revolved around uh, appropriation, domesticity, domestication, media and mobilities, and home and homelessness. Um, it's a huge ground to cover perhaps terrain and you can start where, yeah, not in that order. You can start by home if you wish or Domestic. Well, oh. three of them hang closely together, actually. Um, so it, it might be not as big as it sounds. Okay. Because the appropriation comes from that interest in domestication. Um, because the domestication for me is an appropriation concept, just a very specific one. And if mm. you talk about domestication, you always talk about appropriate media appropriation in particular. Mm. Uh, so my interest in domestication is like a biographical one because I worked with Roger Silverstone at Sussex um, somewhere in the 90s um, and it was my first ever job uh, at the university So, and he was using the concept at the time and strangely enough, although I was sort of working there for a European research network which was entitled European Media Technology in Everyday Life and they all were working on this domestication concept at the time I found it interesting, but it wasn't my own research interest. Um, that only came later, so kind of retrospectively, I suddenly began to understand the value of this idea of appropriation, um, which I think is still generally a very important question one, to sort of mm. what do people do with the media? Mm. And appropriation also always, for me, contains that question of what do they maybe work against or how mm. do they make it their own. Mm. Um, so there's always not just this question of what do you do, but partly underlying this sort of, sort of why, why do you do things the way you do maybe, even if you mm. can't always rationalize that. How is everyday life shaped through media use? Mm. And what I liked about the domestication concept in particular as one of several appropriation concepts, I think, is this, um, it's actually a twofold idea. It's partly the idea that domestication implies 
a kind of li like like different dimensions of appropriation. Um, mm. So it goes through these different. Sometimes people think it's like different steps that you just have to tick, and then you have appropriated something. And I think that was never meant to be in the original mm. concept. There's appropriation is a fluid process and sometimes you go back to the beginning or sometimes mm -hmm. you stop somewhere in the middle so it's not like you go through one one two three four and then it's appropriated but mm -hmm. these dimensions are still sometimes come in a temporal order that you need mm -hmm. to sort of uh, first of all obviously get hold of some media technology in order to begin to appropriate it that can also mm -hmm. be not materially but kind of in your mind. Mm -hmm. so sometimes yeah. it's just our imagination of something that's also mm -hmm. be the beginning of an appropriation mm -hmm. process, mm -hmm. which might end in me deciding that it's not for me, um, even if I never had this thing in my hand, but I might have read about it or heard about it and then sort of, and that's also for me part mm -hmm. of appropriation. Mm -hmm. But in a more traditional sense, the media technology <coughs> comes to me because I buy it or I am given it or something. And mm -hmm. then I start using it and appropriating it in terms of making it my own, mm. which is often, again, a temporal question. Do I find when when do I use it? Where Where is the time to use these technologies? Mm. And then also a spatial question. I mean, and that's where the domestic comes in because it comes out mm. of this time when you still had to find a place in your home to place the technology mm. when the television was put in a particular place mm. and maybe mm. decorated and mm. sort of thing. So this sort of this spatial idea is also quite important. And then it's also about mm. communication, sort of how do I communicate with and about these technologies? Mm. Do I bring it back into the outside world? Um, mm. And obviously that's sort of, and so the, these are, I think, very important aspects of how do, how appropriation can be quite easily. It's, it's a simple concept, I think, mm. but how can it can be thought in terms of these different aspects of, of how I integrate media mm. technologies into my mm. life. So what might be yeah. an example of that then? What kind of things did people do in terms of those processes? In terms of those processes, I mean, the, the interesting thing is that the original concept started, I mean, it really was thinking about households and how do uh, technologies, new technologies come into the household and what is being mm. done. And it was at a time because it emerged in the sort of late, 90, uh, late 80s, beginning 90s, at the time when computers were beginning to be in the home so the the mm. home pc was had started mm. but wasn't widespread but it was sort of beginning to be more widespread so you you had families beginning to negotiate around this idea mm. of um do we need this in mm. our home um how we can we afford this where would we put it so it's it's exact i mean the television had often been there but it might have come in a new version of something mm. But it was particularly PCs at the time that were really interesting. Um, and, and then that sort of, uh, this sort of exactly that part of this, this process of negotiation around this need to have it or not. Mm. And it was often done through this idea of education and children. And mm. then it was the sort of, okay, we, we have a decision, we buy it. But where do you put this thing? And at the time, they were rather large as mm. well. I mean, sort of, n not big, but mm. still in comparison to nowadays, oh you yeah. couldn't just stuff it away. Mm. So often they were placed in bedrooms in a corner or maybe a hallway or something. Or would you allow it into your living room? A big question because that sort mm. of in, at the time was still seen as an infiltration of a room that was where media use was allowed in mm. terms of the TV. But the PC had this sort of other edge mm. that people weren't sure about. Mm. So um, this location was very important. And not, then obviously mm. something that we can all probably relate to also the idea of rules around it. Mm who's allowed to use it when and for what. Mm. 
and these sort of things. So that's all part of this domestication original <coughs> idea. But what I also like about mm. it, <laughs> you just see sort of are two other uh, more theoretical um, aspects around it. Uh, uh, and one of them is this idea of the double articulation, which has mm. been written about quite a bit as well. This idea that what you get is not is, is a very specific kind of technology when you talk about media technologies. And I think that's something that was true then and still holds true because it's a technology that, like any other technology, is a thing. As a technological background, you mm. need to know how to use it, what button mm. to press, and all these sort of things. So it's an object. It's also a consumer object. It has all these aspects. And at the same time, it's doubly articulated in the sense that it also has content. Mm. And this content is specific. So it is a different kind of technology than like a washing machine or something, which okay. also has some content, but mm. <laughs> it's a sort of very, very clear, fairly clear cut. Mm. I mean, even they can be obscure, but it's a fairly clear cut kind of aim that there's a sort of, and media content is different because it changes. And it's sort of, and now in that we kind of created ourselves, it's even more diverse. Mm. So, so I can use a mobile phone for something mm. quite different than you might. and. So mm. that the personalization has also complexified these sort mm. of processes of appropriation. But how is that different from a record player, the technology, and the record collection, which is unique? Mm, I think that's not... I mean, you can, you can say, well, we can put that record collection inside, but essentially, if you're using an MP3 player, it's the same principle. Is it not... I think materially it isn't. I mean, there's sort of the, that's one thing that if why people still sometimes I think collect them. I mean, the, the materiality of a record is mm. quite unique mm. in a way. Um, and I've just recently I don't usually do this, but ha listened to a digital version of a record mm. um, in the preparation for this keynote actually, and then I didn't play that song. It was sort of like a home <laughs> is not a home, but it, 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 it was quite interesting because you heard this this slight sound that these records make. This sort of there's always an extra sound to the sound that yeah, it plays yeah, yeah. and it brought me back to this idea of records which I haven't listened to for a while because I don't have a record player at home unfortunately but this sort of I think and that's a that's a translation into the digital yeah. but uh, the, 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 it reminded me of the feeling of taking a record out of its um, oh, cover the yeah. sleeve sorry oh, that's yeah. the proper oh. term sleeve yes mm. and then putting it on the record and the way you had to lift uh, the arm to put it on there and the oh. sort of and, 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 and all the things you could do wrong and I think, that, so in that sense, that's a very specific notion, but obviously what comes out is then a song that you might also have digitally in, in better quality, mm. etc. So I think there are differences, but there are also lots of similarities. Um, but then again, it's also the practices around them that differ sometimes. So we've recently talked to someone about the way that you used to make cassettes for other people, mm. and it was a very long-term process. And it's not to be necessarily... Um, sentimental about it but the process of this sort of the way you had to use these and then had to you were you often designed the cover and these sort of things so you you have more and easier possibilities nowadays to hand over music and people do all the time they share music but the sharing has become of a different quality it's much quicker mm. uh, it's much bigger in many ways and it might be if you want to be sentimental about it, may also maybe less selective or s personalized, but that's also, you can still do it very personally, but it's not automatically so, because the mm. work that you need to put in there is not necessarily as big as it used to be. 
So I think this is, it's not, it, that's also appropriation. I mean, it's not that you don't need the materiality of a record to, in order to appropriate. I mean, obviously, appropriation takes place in terms of digital media just as much. Um, it's very so interesting how the technology and the appropriation also um, interweave with domestic power relations, uh, where mm -hmm. you can identify boundaries, uh, access, uh, the very place where certain technologies should be or not be, and uh, yeah, and could you, could you, uh, am I, uh, would you say that's a justified or reasonable way of reading? Definitely very mm -hmm. much so. I mean, and again, I think both in terms of the way that domestication used to be thought and might be developed further mm. now, because at the time there was also this, uh, there was, I don't know whether there was a particular author, but there was work on the idea of the remote control uh -huh. and who has the power to have mm -hmm. the remote mm -hmm. control. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. a very powerful mm -hmm. medium um, mm -hmm. uh, in many ways because that's the, the way you do mm. kind of decide what's being watched. Mm -hmm. So um, in that sense, and that's uh, that used to be a maybe more gendered version of power and that it's mm -hmm. become more diffuse. Um, but so that's very important. So it's partly ownership mm -hmm. or also, yes, where mm -hmm. do you put these things? But again, there's a nice theoretical, um, and that was the other theoretical concept I'd, I'd like about the domestication concept, which is the moral economy. Mm. And they called it at the time the moral economy of the household. Mm. Um, and I think that's, again, something you can, you can take it out of the household and start to think, we think, where is the moral economy now? But this idea that there's actually, um, that there's like histories that people bring with them, that there's values that mm. get developed over time, particularly mm. when you live together with other people, whether that's in a family or mm. in some other communal living or something, that you sort of sometimes, sometimes uh, outspokenly, sometimes un in unwritten terms, agree on certain understandings of where, who you are and mm. what you would like to project to the outside world and also to yourself. And all of that plays into this idea of how you use media. Mm -hmm. And that's also why it's thought about a lot, mm -hmm. at least I think in, in mm -hmm. families, it's sort of like, what should you be doing or what should, should, should mm -hmm. you be not be doing and mm -hmm. c where mm -hmm. can you extend? But even in your inside <coughs> oneself as a single person, I think it's sort of also often a sort of, I shouldn't or I should or mm -hmm. and I could or I couldn't. And that's mm -hmm. also often to do with this idea of w what I quite like, this idea of a moral economy. So that th there is mm -hmm. something that you've achieved but need to constantly dynamically mm. reconstruct and mm. and media are an important factor in, in, in challenging that or in getting you to reaffirm mm. all the time as sort of this is what I think is important or this mm. is how I think this should be done or something mm. and that's quite useful especially I think when you it becomes more challenging when you take it outside of the household mm. in mm. the original formulation it still had a very much a sort of four-walled kind of idea and it was easier to think around it in terms of nuclear families and things but it has become kind of opened mm. up in many ways since then one one key change perhaps in relation to the digital revolution technological revolution part time media revolution perhaps has been that um, these technologies have become individuated and more accessible if you take the mobile phone then it's not like one TV f per household or one phone per household as it used to be. And so th the home becomes literally a landscape, a forest of technologies. So, and how would that work out in relation to the moral economy? How, how, wha, wha, what 
Uh, could you could you say something? Mm -hmm. How it would confirm, reaffirm, disturb, rework, perhaps? Yeah, I moral think economies. I mean, in many ways, it's difficult to, to give a general answer mm -hmm. to this mm -hmm. because that's that's where empirical work is really important because it's being played out very mm -hmm. differently. I think probably in different mm -hmm. contexts. Mm -hmm. um, but generally, yes, it yes. is a challenge. I mean, that's sort of uh, which it was already part of the early domestication work has been kind of shown a lot in other work. I mean, Sonia Livingston's work on on children and media or something also mm. talks mm. about this idea of how are these things negotiated and obviously mm. if there's more technologies if they're personalized technologies that are more difficult to regulate in many ways this becomes more complex um, the, and the, the complexity doesn't mean though that I think that in many ways there is still an idea of a moral economy um, mm. That even if, it, like mm. in a in a family household, a child does something in their room that the parent cannot control, they might still be aware of mm. this idea that's okay or it's not quite mm. okay. Mm. So mm. this sort of this idea of, of, of mm. w what's actually out there to be expected or not mm. is, is still very present. But yes, obviously, it's sort of that's one of the terms about digital technologies, especially mm. mobile mm. technologies. Mm. Is, it's they're yours. I mean, you mm. take them with you. You, mm. I mean, they're they're attached to your body, and mm. it's sort of it's really the loss thereof is also quite a different thing. It's mm. my phone, and mm. sort of like it, and and, mm. and even I mean, I have it like many academics do, like with my laptop as well. Mm. So, so like mm. this, God, please don't let me lose this. <laughs> this wonderful yeah. machine because there's yeah. it's, I mean obviously because it's work related but also because that's just there's it's mm. histories there in and sort of it contains mm. so much mm. that it's difficult the idea of, 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 of get letting it go and th therefore you design it more mm. in many ways um, mm. I think you create more of your own media worlds if you so mm. want but that also makes a moral economy much more fragile and maybe in a more constant need to be reaffirmed or sometimes also just not as present Mm. One of the usual uh, excuses, arguments, uh, I'm sure you're aware of that, parents use is uh, that I became a member of Facebook because I had to follow my kids or children, what they do. And in a way, this is a reversal, I would say, of the moral economy of the household or uh, in the sense that it's not the parents that are driving technological development or uh, they are <coughs> unwillingly being captured mm. in this. Yeah. I, th I mean, I think mm. that the, 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 the observation is very true. I don't mm. think it's, I, I wouldn't call it a reversal okay. in many ways mm. of that because it's, it's not, the moral economy doesn't have to be power driven in the sense mm. of parents leading. I mean, mm. it's a sort of, it's a negotiation process, mm. um, and I think, in terms of family households, children were always very important when it comes to technologies. I mean, th th you can—that's th actually quite nice about this mm. early domestication mm. work. That they really there's a lot about this sort of, God, shouldn't we be doing this because our children shouldn't be left out? I mean, there's mm. sort of also, yeah. It's mm. not so much in terms of television. I think that was never quite. So the fr it, it's also important to see what tele technologies are we talking about. Mm. Um, a mm. telephone is something different from a television, from mm. a computer. So there's different discourses framing mm. different technologies. Mm. Um, 
so the being left out is obviously more in terms of mm. the PC or that whatever followed because mm. it's more open to educational aspects. But you could say it even in terms of Sesame Street or something. Mm. That was also mm. meant to be like a, an education program. Mm. You're being taught how to count and things like that. Mm. So even there you could bring that argument, but it, I think it has been used less often <laughs> in terms of mm. television. But children, I think, are a driver. Um, and and peers too. I mean, that, and that doesn't have to be just for teenagers, but mm. also for other people. That's that if if all your friends say I'm using this, why don't you? Then mm. that's a, that's a strong driver in mm. terms of trying to say, well, maybe mm. I should access that, or maybe I should try it out, mm. uh, sort of things. So, I don't think it's a hierarchical idea of the moral mm. economy in that sense. It's a negotiation. It's like a mm. democracy. I mean, democratic process. If, mm. it, if it goes mm. well, I mean, it, or maybe there can be <coughs> all sorts of. Maybe it's sometimes democratic, sometimes not. Mm. I'm a geographer, and uh, as you surmise, so questions of here and there, uh, proximity, distance, uh, presence, absence, become very central. And um, well, if I if I were to speculate, let let me say, or hypothesize that. Uh, the older technologies like the TV or whatever, they were topographical in the sense they required a collective presence uh, that could be shared together with the family, uh, family members. Of course, again, there are uh, age limits, yes, some, yeah. some things that kids are not able to see or cannot, yeah, are not allowed to see. But um, the technology now is um, site that the family may be in one place, but it is not um, at the same place, but it is not uh, sharing the same things because everyone is uh, yeah, roaming, <laughs> expressing the right to roam that we heard this morning. Um, what, what, yeah, what, what are your reflections and about that and how, how does this fall out in terms of home, homeliness, Perhaps could we say this is a kind of homelessness in the home? And um, is is it far too fetched? Perhaps I don't know. I would like yeah, to hear yes. your your your, no, your, I mean your, your reflections. On I always tend to be careful about mm. two negative mm. uh, the, uh, ideas about this sort of the, the state of the now in mm. terms of also oh God that we're all it's all being split apart mm. um, because that also kind of affords. A nostalgic notion of what used to be, yeah. and I'm not sure mm. that always holds true. Um, mm. So, <laughs> whether it was always a, the harmonious family gathering in mm. front of the mm. television, it was like, it, and uh, I'm sure there was mm. parts of that, yeah. but it's, it's sort of uh, the tensions around that, or sort of already the the retreat, the whether inner yeah. or outer, I think was also happening. But surely there is a question that's quite right in terms of is there a sort of a differentiation and also a kind of becoming more singular and personal th in the sense that you mm. do not even share those moments and uh, you can extend that you can say mm. well then you go to school or to work and you can't talk to your colleagues yeah. about mm. what you've seen last night mm. because they will have seen something totally different so uh, and, and sharing has been an important aspect of, of media use um, and it's also a way of bringing together the nation as we know and all these mm. sorts of mm. things so yes sure um, I think there is definitely a question about this um, diversification and I talk to my students about public sphere notions mm. and and I think it has consequences for that even that if that was an ideal that was mm. never quite there but <laughs> mm. 
I still think, I mean, we've heard also in the conference of other instances of sharing of, of, of media uh, instances or something, and in mm. the right to roam, for example, mm. that mm. you might be in, uh, if we seem to be stuck to this idea of family, but yes, so if you're in this family home, or maybe you're even in a communal home of sorts, and you do one thing and someone else in the room next to you does something else, mm. but they might be sharing whatever they do with other people out there. Mm. So it's, mm. I think, and that's again an interesting notion of communa communality or sociality. Yeah, sociality. So there's yeah. there's new versions emerging that weren't possible before. Mm. So I might, I mean, in, in gaming, I play with other people, I, mean, I don't personally, but um, lots of people do that as a sharing thing. You cannot play certain games unless other people are online and are also, and sometimes mm. you know them, sometimes they're virtual yeah. friends. So that's a way of being together with mm. other people, but just maybe not in those in the living room that you've just been mm. fighting with mm. or something. Mm. Um, and I think it's important to keep those moments of of also of of being in with other people in mind, uh, because it's sometimes it's things that you do that are very kind of closed off to the world, but often mm. they're not. Mm -hmm. And maybe there are also instances where that could be instigated more as a communal thing within families or other kinds mm. of living together that you say why don't we try mm. to do that together but that doesn't mean that there aren't instances of maybe kind of yes families or other kinds of social environments being taken apart by this idea that everyone does mm. whatever they do for themselves so I think yes it's true but then mm. there are other instances that one should also mm. take into consideration there is also this uh, very interesting dimension that you talked about in this morning in your presentation uh, concerning time. Mm -hmm. And uh, you talked about chrononormativity and power chronography. Yeah. Uh, and I would, I would tend to, well, I would perhaps um, hypothesize uh, that uh, the domestic, the household, the home, uh, becomes uh, as place a space of multiple times that don't cohere and in a, in a sense whatever normativity that we have if not destroyed then it would be reduced to yeah basic minimum perhaps or s uh, very few routines and the negotiations about what times which times uh, sh who should do what when kind of perhaps become acute because we have mm -hmm. cases of children, teenagers that stay late at night until two, three o'clock and parents have a difficulty waking them up and they're sleepy at school, they don't do well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's a, it's an interesting point. Um, I think what, what might be, and now I get into a normative <laughs> framework mm -hmm. myself, but it might be necessary uh, for all of us to, to um, put more effort into these kinds of normative negotiations. So to re-establish like common routines. And that's, uh, the, the thing that I don't like about it is that it seems that we all have so much work working on ourselves and everything already, I mean, which is part of the, the theorization of of these sort of reflexive m modern times in many ways. Um, 
So in a sense, I mean, to put even more work onto the individual always seems mm. a bit of a difficult one, but I think, and the, and the individual and uh, the social structure, but I think it's actually something that needs to be done in a way if, if we want to survive socially, that you mm. sort of, the normative is something to be questioned, it's something mm. to also, I mean, like I was trying to do this morning, if we mm. look at these concepts like chrononormativity and power chronography, it's exactly about the sort of who has the power to determine mm. whose time. Um, so I think it's important to keep that in mind. At the same time, it's part of the sort of self-determination to actually agree on certain rules, maybe mm. on routines, and to to do that not just for yourself, but to do it communally, and mm. to sort of say, well, I mean, it's always easy to use this family example because negotiations take place there a lot, but I think it's also elsewhere that you maybe say, okay, then we do at least agree to meet um, the traditional thing would be for dinner um, at six and you, we all put our things away and mm -hmm. we, we have that shared space and maybe we have we agree to, to I don't know what <laughs> the mm. hobby is but to watch uh, the European Cup football or whatever mm. together because that's something that we can all as a mm. basic sharing or whatever you want to have um, mm. there might be it does uh, sometimes it might relate to media or sometimes not mm. but there might be more of a need to actually negotiate that and mm. also against resistance to say we we'll need to keep a sort of common mm. agreement and I think mm -hmm. the temple is definitely one where it's played out <coughs> a lot because um, time is supposedly scarce and it's mm. sort of and, and, and media use is an important aspect of time nowadays so it's it's, it's mm. via the timing that often mm. a lot of these other things get played out um, Although you were saying that time is always space, so we can have a long <laughs> negotiation around that. Yeah, we could I have a, a longer yeah, talk yes. about that discussion. So, um, the conference uh, theme is revisiting the home, and I think many have raised. I think you raised that question too. Why revisiting the home? And in a in a way, we could perhaps my take would be uh, <coughs> it's a paradox. Actually, we on the one hand. We are talking about generalized homelessness has been discussed as a period that we are living, perhaps an existential sense, uh, but a rekindled interest in the home. Uh, on the one hand, a civilization that uh, has made cosmopolitanism and living the home, exploring as uh, yeah, one of its cherished uh, values. Uh, at the same time, making the home, uh, it's so home-centered as well. The paradox of this home-centered and at the same time um, neglect of no, uh, yeah, cosmopolitanism. Um, I find that, that, that paradox, that tension very, very interesting. So my question would be, um, is this, is this uh, um, a fad or is this something that we would have to work through uh, for a longer time? How do, you, how do you interpret this return to the home? Let's mm. call it that way, perhaps. If it is the return, then we can discuss that too. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't think it's a fad in many no. ways, because no. you were already describing quite rightly, I think, the tension that it is sort of embedded within. Um, so it, it seems like a reaction to many of the tensions that are out there. Um, and I've, I've read somewhere, but I can't remember, call where that it's sort of after 9-11, mm. this, this idea of the home became stronger in the US context, mm. sort of partly in an immediate aftermath of in terms of uh, being afraid to go out. Mm. Um, 
which one could interpret as an overreaction, all sorts of things, mm. but there's there's something truly about anxieties in there. Mm. And the home is obviously, in this case, still has that notion of potentially safer space, I'll put it quite carefully. Um, mm. and, and, and therefore, it, it seemed that people literally, I mean, there was a study that they literally invited people home to themselves to, to, to more than they did before mm. as a sort of, as one aspect of this retreat. Um, mm. And I think if you think about those anxieties and those sort of things, then this idea that we're turning to the home and you find all sorts of examples mm. that we all know mm. about, these mm. sort of these magazines about homemaking, mm. all this, mm. all that mm. sort of, oh, yeah. um, there's all sorts of related issues, um, is an expression partly of that more rising anxiety that we mm. you were also mm. hinting mm. at. Mm. Um, and so while we're liberated of so many things and we can move anywhere and things, mm. things there's mm. There's definitely this, this sense of insecurity, I think, that's mm. sort of shared in terms of where is this heading, mm. why is why are politics so problematic, and all mm. these sort of general issues that feed into a notion of home becoming mm. important again. And I'm not mm. sure whether it's a return to, because that again poses the question, mm. when was this idea of home actually invented in this mm. sort of way? Mm. And I think it's a very, again, mm. it's a very modern idea yeah. Um, yeah. In, in this, also in this singularity and the nuclear family. And it's a very Western idea. Mm. So we have all these limitations of when that idea of home actually came about and was present. Mm. Um, and I think in that sense, we sometimes maybe need to go back to the 20th century and sort of have a look there at what was happening mm. sort of like, like when did DIY culture actually mm. come about mm. and as mm. a reaction to what and and all sorts of things so uh, I think mm. there's a longer term tradition of mm. that home mm. but yes there are current conditions that make it prevalent again mm. um, and that's why it's an important topic and I think mm. you've chosen a good topic for mm. this conference mm. Mm. Um, thank you Yes, also because it's sort of, it's it's definitely maybe not quite the same home that at least we think was there mm -hmm. before, although we should always mm -hmm. question that too. Because in your key, key, keynote um, lecture yesterday, um, I, uh, you, you had this question, destroying the home as well. Uh, but we didn't delve into that uh, too much. So would be, be nice to hear what you think about that and uh, yeah in relation mm. could you say some words about uh, the destroying how you, yeah, yeah. The destroying the home I mean I was aware that I didn't address that enough um, but I didn't take it out of the title because I think it's still quite relevant mm. the original mm. starting point was a very very simple one in the sense that in the context of homelessness mm. the temporary homes mm. if you want to call them that um, are often destroyed again yeah. by the yeah. outside world. Mm. So mm. this potential destruction of the temporary home is a very prevalent topic mm. in homelessness. Um, so you always live with that idea. Mm. And I think mm. maybe if we can take it from there, the, the idea of uh, this, maybe that threat of destruction rather than actual destruction mm. is potentially also something that underlies our ideas of, of, of kind of mm. recreating the home again, mm. sort of like if there is a threat that's generally felt, then there's sort of the destruction is imminent. And then you maybe start to, mm. instead of, of, of actually acknowledging that, you start to build even mm. further. Mm -hmm. um, and I think on, a, on, on another level, though, it would be interesting to, to get rid of that term in some ways. Um, that's been a topic throughout the conference as well. Mm. Maybe that term is just too problematic. Maybe we need to get rid of the term home. Mm -hmm. 
and st- I mean, I know this is mm. <laughs> very mm. potentially unrealistic, but this sort of mm. we have uh, we found other suggestions. I mean, one was this the simple one, this idea of homing as mm-hmm. a sort of, mm-hmm. but maybe even more radical, a sort of mm. like there's there's other ways of thinking around those mm. issues, and maybe that helps to get rid of some of the weight that the term seems to suggest, and also mm. some of this over romanticized notion mm. of mm. home without kind of uh, destroying the idea that we might need and I, it's, it's sort of difficult mm. to do quotation marks mm. in, a, in an audio <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, mm. thing but to, to, to we might need to um, have somewhere mm. to be mm. um, and put our head down mm. and not least through a discussion or a, a research study of the genealogy as you pointed out mm. and also to be open to this idea of um, there are thousand ways of making home, uh, although the earth is our only home, uh, which opens up, I think, to uh, does not fix the notion of the home. And homing perhaps would be a, a better way of yeah, approaching the, the problems, the questions that are related to home. Um, well, it's very unfortunate when you when you have interesting discussions and time just flies by. Uh, let me just thank you, Maren Hartman, and uh, I hope we can do this podcast again, 2021. <laughs> Perhaps okay. it's a different topic. Well, thanks um, for having me. I enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for your sharing your reflections and your ideas.